All right, welcome back. I'm Cody Waite. I'm Kathy Waite. And you're listening to the Weight Endurance Podcast, fueled by thefeed.com. And please excuse the absence of our fancy little intro. Um, yeah, we're, we're childless right now, and our technically savvy children have abandoned us. Right, our kids have flown off to college, and... I mean, we were only in our 40s, but still, we don't have the skills. I, 40s? I'm in my 30s. Don't, don't, oh, right. don't lie to everybody. <laughs> <laughs> we should have the skills to put this, splice the little intro in, but... No, we can't do it. Alas, we do not. So, you're going to have to forego that. I mean, we can add that to the list of what we are not. We are not doctors, dietitians, scientists. We are also not podcasting professionals. <laughs> yeah, that's obvious. <laughs> we are professional coaches. So there you go. There, there was our intro. Um, we are on to episode 80 of season three. This is going to be, sadly, our last episode of season three. And there's been a long pause between C- uh, episode 79 and 80. Right. I think I counted 10 or 11 weeks since, <laughs> since we last recorded. We're on a roll. So but, needless to yeah. say, we've been extremely busy, but a lot happened. Um, good and s- sort of bad. Um along the way and we'll kind of fill you in on that get get all our listeners caught up we did have our one podcast listener that we're aware of inform us that they were on the edge of their seats waiting to find out how our my leadville race went <laughs> yeah so this is for tanya this is for you right here we go um and so so we'll cover all that and then we'll get into after this review we'll get into a preview of what we have cooking in the kitchen for 2023 yep. training, coaching options. Um, we're pretty proud of it. So it'll, we'll try to keep you guys enthused, listeners enthused. Yeah. So, so a little preview, a review and preview. Exactly. All right, let's, let's hit it. What have, All we, right. what have we been up to? So what have we been up to over the last 10 plus weeks? That's a lot to cover. So buckle up, maybe grab another coffee. We'll try to make this as painless as possible. <laughs> <laughs> Talking about ourselves. Um, well, but, speaking of that, yeah. we should first brag with Mountain Bike Nationals. You won, after three attempts at this, you finally won finally. Your, your age group. Finally won Mountain Bike Nationals, right? So, no, it's so exciting. The third and final year at Winter Park. On paper, that course is like the absolute perfect course for me. Mm-hmm. Minimally technical, lots of big climbing, high mm-hmm. elevation. I, mm-hmm. I just I thrive up in Winter Park. But the first two attempts were... Right wrought with mechanical issues um, mm-hmm. that brought me down to a second and a fourth, I think. And finally this year. It all came together. Ten weeks ago or whatever it was, it came together. I think I was smiling the entire time because I just felt like third time is the charm. Yeah, you, you felt good the whole time. I felt really good. And yeah, I just was like, I was kind of at peace with like, okay, if something, you know, screws up again, Oh well, like mm-hmm. I'm, at that point, you just gotta laugh about it. So it was just like, let's go ride hard and have fun, and you know, it all worked out. So well, I was so happy for you. You had a great race. Thanks. Yeah, that that was kind of a, a definitely the highlight, I think, of my personal racing season, which mm-hmm. was kind of lackluster and pretty minimal this year. So that was a fun. Oh my we'll goodness! It, if you call it a consolation, yeah. it's more than a consolation. It's, prize. Yeah, it's yeah. A big I, prize. I'm thinking like my entire season was definitely disappointing. <laughs> And I did not have a good nationals race either, so I'm like thrilled for you and slightly jealous that you, you know, pulled it together for nationals. You well, know? Next year is going to be. Well, yeah, yeah, we'll see. Yeah, yeah. I, I got over it in, in about 24 hours. We'll but... get you on a flatter, although more technical, rudy, rocky course in Vermont yeah. for nationals. Well, it was hot again when on my race day. I knew I was sort of in trouble when the sun was blazing that morning. But well, the sun will not be an issue next yeah, year. Yeah. You'll so be in we'll the just trees. we'll give it a go, but. You had a great race. Our daughter Sophia had a great race and ended up second in the U23 females. Mm-hmm. And she also had a strong cross, uh, sorry, short track where the U23s raced with the pros. And that was really exciting yeah. to see her in the mix with Kate Courtney and others. I can't, I think Sevilla Blanc and a few other big yeah. names. Yeah, Nationals was great. Um, mm-hmm. It was a big success amongst our weed development team in terms of enjoyment and progress. Mm-hmm. And yeah, so that so that got a that was mid to late July. Then after that, we were heading directly to well home briefly, and then directly to West Virginia mm-hmm. and Mount Saint Anne for the two World Cups in North America. So we had Toby Hassett on our weed development team racing U twenty three men at those races, and then Sophia Waite, our daughter, 
also on the team racing the U23 women's mm-hmm. races at the at those two big events. So getting to big World Cups, that was both of their first time going to a big World Cup event. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, it was great. I mean, we were in amazement of the technicality of the courses and the conditions in West Virginia were muddy and insane. Um, yeah. Pretty wild stuff. Yeah, if you could see me, listeners, I'm just shaking my head. It, it really is, um, wow, like mind blowing to seeing these courses you know i thought that some of the domestic courses were a little bit challenging you know arkansas is sort of known for its bike park features and i thought that was hard but the world cup courses have literally blown my mind yeah they're really cool super technical both uphill and downhill Mm -hmm. so it's like there's very little opportunities to like rest i mean there's a few like flatter fire roady sections maybe and you know you can kind of recover a little bit but for the most part yeah. it's like you're on for the full like 90 minutes of that right of that racing so um, well how did the kids do super cool um sophia did um reasonably well in west virginia i don't even remember what place like 16th I think. 16th okay 16th toby um not as well that race i can't remember in the 30s i think in the 30s out of like more than 60 it was yeah. a pretty big u23 men's field and the most competitive in the world so solid result and then the next weekend in Mount St. Anne, um, Sophia had a bit of a bummer, and we'll get into that in a second, but Toby had, oh like, the race of his life. The kid thrives in, like, hot, humid conditions, mm-hmm. I think. He's always done well in Puerto Rico. Well, it was um, strangely hot and humid. Like, we were up in Quebec, Canada. You'd think, I don't know, maybe cooler. We're by the 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 coastline. But if you had closed your eyes, you would think you were in Hawaii. Yeah. That's what I kept telling everyone. Yeah, it was like, really it feel, weird. It feels like I'm in Hawaii for sure. So hot and humid, steep, hard, rocky, technical, everything that Toby seems to thrive with. He ends up finishing 15th place, and he was the top American placement in the race in the U23 men's category. So huge result. I mean, it's still I'm still like in on. I know the greatest down. thing was his parents were there. They got to s- true, witness yeah. this. They hadn't made it to West Virginia the weekend before. Who cares? Because they got to see his... The best race of yeah. the year. Oh my gosh. Yeah. yeah, I'm still in awe too because when he came around in that like two or three minute start loop, you remember how that was? Yeah. He was in literally dead last. Right. Because I think he had like a 40th call up and then he had some pedal issue like clipping mm-hmm. in, I think. So he literally was like dead last. Dead last. and But he doesn't get phased very easily and that's one of his biggest strengths as a racer. For sure. And then I think they had maybe like five laps on this, like the main mm-hmm. course, and he just moved up. Like next thing I knew, he was twenty fifth, and then he was twentieth. Right, and then like he, yes, top twenty. Oh this my is gosh! Amazing. And, then and then all he kept of a getting better. And then it just his face is bright red, but it wasn't phasing him. And then all of a sudden he's done, and he's fifteenth. Yeah, he was going stronger. Other riders were fading, and yeah, it, yeah. it all came together. So super awesome for him. Um, on the flip side. Uh, Sophia and both of us <laughs> managed to finally get our turn with COVID mm-hmm. uh, right before the Mount St. Anne event. So, I mean, looking back, we've determined that we had COVID. Um, basically, Sophia, you know, was not feeling well on the race day the week prior in West Virginia. Right, right. We didn't have access to testing. You're kind of like back in the backwoods of yeah. West Virginia. We couldn't get any tests done, but we knew she wasn't feeling well. I wasn't feeling particularly well. Um, and her race was like moderate. So we're like, okay, let, you yeah. know, let's move on. When we finally got access to testing, it was sure enough. Yeah, I was actually shocked COVID. she was middle of the pack with being afflicted with COVID. Yeah. Um, so it was such a bummer. Um, it was. So we hunkered down all week in, in Quebec. Yeah, sort of hid in uh, the condo. Yeah, snuck out for some solo like course pre-rides to avoid people you know mm-hmm. when that was appropriate and um and then the overall effects honestly were relatively minor um from COVID in the short term I would say mm-hmm. like it was sort of like just a cold like mm-hmm. I had a sore throat for a day and a light cough for a day and then that was it and I was sort of tired for a while and then same with Sophia and um the lingering effects of fatigue of fatigue like you're thinking you're still I'm still really tired but I know it lingered for me for a while affected my sleep and HRV for quite a while um but anyway she we all tested negative in time to be able to race um 
Mount St. Anne, but due to that not-so-ideal week, Sophia was basically the oh, last. It was... On the first lap. Oh, she, she didn't get pulled. She, but, right. She did finish all four laps, which I remember like praying to God that she'd be pulled. We kind of wanted her to yeah, get pulled. Yeah, because she looked miserable. I've never actually seen her look so horrible. I um, mean, it's so technical. My fear was that she would hurt herself trying to complete a technical course with probably like 30% of her normal energy. Right. But she didn't get pulled. She did finish dead last. I know that was like embarrassing for her, but we looked at it the opposite. Like, we can't believe you completed that technical course feeling so poorly. Yeah, and what's even, what really makes it worthwhile is that she got to race the course. So mm-hmm. when she goes back there again next year or, mm-hmm. you know, whenever it's back, it is next year actually, um, she will have raced it before. So that has a lot of value too, mm-hmm. regardless of whatever placing and, you know, the, the right. quote unquote poor effort due to being sick the week prior, um, s- still made it like debatable to do. And I think it was a good move in the end. She's recovered and feeling pretty good now. Um, so yeah, then we came home from those two world cups and guess it was Leadville week. <laughs> <laughs> Yay. Okay. So that all worked out really so how'd well. So how'd that work for you, Cody? You, you traveled and had COVID. Yeah. So... Were you feeling pretty strong? <laughs> wrapping up the last podcast, Podcast 79, I we went into the whole spiel of, you know, the deep dive into how I was about 30% behind where I was the previous year, mm-hmm. right? A, amazing PR at Leadville. I was felt confident I could get enough training in while we, because I had brought my bike to West Virginia and, mm-hmm. and Quebec and, you know, was planning to, to train. That didn't really happen. I got a f- couple of early rides in, in West Virginia. And so, shockingly, as a side note, West Virginia is like actually a pretty darn good place to train for Leadville. Mm, okay. There's some huge climbs um, out and around where the, the race venue was. And, and I was really excited to get in this like six hour, 12,000 foot climbing day the day before Sophia's race, but then I started feeling like I wasn't quite right mm-hmm. um, and decided to skip that one so I'd recover well, and be able goodness, to do it. Thank goodness, really. Yeah, on Sunday, but then, you know, yeah. things just sort of deteriorated from there. So I ended up missing, like, a big ride that week, didn't ride much at all in Canada, and got home, and now it's race week, and I've barely ridden my bike, and traveled, and had been sick with COVID. Sounds like the perfect prep. Perfect prep. So I think my 30% plummeted to 50. Plummeted, yeah, <laughs> significantly. And I was really struggling, like, should I even raise, yeah. like, you know, this could be a complete disaster. But I was sort of like thinking of it like, well, you know, I'd love this race. I don't want to miss out. There was definitely like FOMO involved, yeah. right? And I just figured like, let's just do it. I'll dial it way back. And whatever happens, happens. I did have a lingering concern of like, I don't want to go too hard, too deep, too long and create any like weird issues with recovering. Yeah. I think that like long COVID effects there. Yeah. You hear things. Yeah. So anyway, we decided to start. Um, I was good for about an hour and a half (laughs) and then it was amazing. Let, Let me, let me jump in. So I had your cheat sheet from the year before. So I knew what the time splits were supposed to be if you were going to hit your your target for right, the year before. Right, the different checkpoints. Right, so I, I was standing like kind of near the fist hatchery at the bottom of, um, oh my God, what is the descent? Powerline. Powerline, thank you. And you you came off Powerline only like a minute, minute and a half behind your previous year's like amazing time. And hmm. I mean, my mouth dropped. I was yeah. like, what the hell is going on? How are you so fast at this? But the... the the competition was like next yeah, level this the group year. Was so bigger. Yep. you were like way further back in the field, but mm-hmm. your time was only a minute and a half. And I thought, well, maybe he's going to have a miracle. Yeah. And I was purposefully like holding myself back and like letting people go that I would have normally like said, okay, I really want to try to stay mm-hmm, with that group, mm-hmm. trying to be, you know, quote, smart about it. Um, but then there's also any racer knows this. You get kind of wrapped up in it. You always go a little harder than you even think you're going, especially in the beginning. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and then kind of getting out to Columbine, I started like fading a little, fading bit. a bit. And I'm trying to remember, I only think you were still like just a few minutes behind, maybe five minutes behind when you entered like the like when you were at the bottom of Columbine getting ready to climb mm-hmm. I think you were only like five minutes behind 
Yeah. But then when you came back down, it it was noticeable. You'd lost significant time, and I, in retrospect, I wish that you would have just stopped right there. Right. Yeah. yeah. In you were pretty far back at that point. Yeah, it was this internal battle of like, do I just chill and finish it, mm-hmm. or do I pull out, mm-hmm. or you know, there was a lot of things swirling around in my head. Sure. No one likes to DNF a race. Um, no. And so I was there was like a struggle with that, but then it was also like, well, this is. Eventually, by the bottom of power line inbound, it was like, this is getting kind of, like, ridiculous. Like, I, I don't even, like, feel that great, and I don't mm-hmm. want to, like, make myself sick for many more weeks. Well, you knew whatever. that you had the daunting, you know, power line to go back up. And, yeah. I, and I, like, waved you down. You're like, ah, here, I said, here's your Coke. You're like, nah, I'm done. <laughs> <laughs> and honestly, I was quite relieved you'd, you'd pulled yeah. out. Yeah. So all that ended up being kind of a disappointment, because I was really intrigued to have seen this compare and contrast mm-hmm. play out. Because um, I do think had I gotten just those two bigger rides in the West Virginia week and Canada week and, and then come back, I think, you know, a, a highly respectable time was doable. But getting sick and missing all that, it just plummeted. So, you know, you lose you yeah. lose some. Um, Would you want to give a shout-out to Jack? Oh, right. So our uh, coach rider... Jack Odrin, mm-hmm. doing Leadville for the second time. As a 19-year-old. As a, Yeah, he's 19 now. And last year he had an amazing race at uh, 6.59. Mm-hmm. And then this year he took, I think it was 18 minutes off of that time. Mm-hmm. Um, so was, he was 6.42, was yeah, it? Yeah, I think so. Okay, 6.42. So It was mind-blowing, too. Got even faster. Um, yeah, I mean, he, yeah. he had an amazing day. So um, big kudos to him for... All the hard work you put yeah, into Yeah, what was fun was even though you were bummed to pull out, then you just jumped in the car with me and you got to cheer for him as he finished. And yeah. we saw him, I think, two or three more times even. And it was mm-hmm. really exciting. Yeah, that was really fun and exciting to see. Um, so good job, Jack. We're really proud of you. Yeah, so there's there's the winning side. He, You win some, you lose some. He, Jack did well, I did not so well. So. But then it's still a win for us because we coached him. For sure. Um, okay, then... I'm trying to even remember. So after Leadville, then we were packing our bags for World Championships and the World Cup Finals. But a slight detour to Portland to drop Noel off to art college. Right. Kid number one got dropped off to college. Um, in fact, that was like in route to Europe. So we flew to Portland, dealt with dropping her yeah. off, getting her settled in college. Flew from Portland to France and um, had World Championship mm-hmm. Week. So we had two Wii Development riders representing the U.S. at World Championships, cross-country mountain bike. Um, Brady White in the junior men's race mm-hmm. and Sophia Waite in the U23 women's race. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's really cool. It was really fun. Yeah, so that's four riders now. Over the last two years, we've gotten, well, three riders, one rider twice. Sophia mm-hmm. Wynn is a junior and a U23 uh, but for wor- world championship starts for Wii development. So that's um, pretty awesome to brag about. Um, I'm trying to even remember racing-wise. I know Brady didn't have the best race. No. I mean, it's a ridiculously competitive junior men's race, yeah. and he had not have a good like start position. Yeah, and I just think, yeah. it, w- it I remember Sophia didn't have a great race her first time last year. Yeah. It's like... Everything's new. You have to adjust the, the travel. Adjustment. Again, this course was insane. Mm-hmm. So he didn't have like the best finish, but I'm really proud of how he tried and, yeah. and how he successfully navigated a technical course. Right. That was amazing. And, and then Sophia ended yeah, up... Yeah, I can't remember. Kind like, of mid-pack. The, yeah. Again, it was like mid-pack. Right. Um, like her lack of training was... Was still there. For yeah. Sure. Yeah. Because we, we came home from Mount St. Anne and had to get her rested. We were like trying to get her like all her stats and numbers back to baseline in terms of her, um, like, health and mm-hmm. whatnot before, like, digging into any, like, serious training because that would have maybe worn her out even more. So it was like yeah, she was coming into a well-under-trained. Well-under-trained. Um, like, she had such a beautiful peak fitness um, at nationals and nothing after that really lived up to her hopes and dreams and really sh- kind of reflected how hard she'd worked all year. But... Frankly, that's just how it goes. Right, right. Um, so, good experience there. Mm-hmm. That was fun. Um, the weekend in France, the Leger, with the, that race. And then the next weekend was over in Italy 
for the World Cup final. Mm-hmm. Um, and Brady flew home because um, there isn't a junior category in that race. And Sophia was our lone We Development rider uh, representing at the World Cup final in the U23 women's race again. Mm-hmm. So another awesome opportunity for her. Second time she'd seen this course. Yeah. Because it was last year's World Championship course. Right. And another World Cup start. And um, again, undertrained, but did her best to negotiate yeah. the, the challenging course. And I think she was less intimidated by the course this year. And to me, that's the win. Yeah. She mm-hmm. looked way more comfortable relative to the prior year. Sure. In terms of like nerves and energy, mm-hmm. like uh, where she was putting her energy. I yeah. guess, if that makes sense. Um, so that was great. And then... We are so thrilled to come home. Yeah. At least I was. I was Season very was homesick. Essentially over, yeah, mm-hmm. for us, which is good. Because um, we were definitely ready for that to be done. And we got home, and then kid number two goes off to college. And then kid number three, just not long ago as we record this, flew off to Spain for language immersion. Mm-hmm. So that's pretty cool. Kind yeah. of following in your footsteps. Yeah, yeah. It was my, well, Spanish was my minor in college, but don't test me because I'm very rusty. <laughs> But I, um, I just think languages are, wow, they're just incredible. It's like one of my loves, like words, stories, books, languages. And I wish I were fluent, and I, I'm like living vicariously through her that she gets to grab onto this opportunity. And she, oh, yeah. and she did the whole thing herself. She researched the school. She went through the laborious and visa. stressful and complicated student visa process, mm. flying to L.A. twice and blah, blah, yeah, blah. that was a big... And now she's there, eight months, and she's like... A weekend and just loving it like loving it yeah it's gonna be great she'll come back fluent in spanish mm-hmm. and all kinds of worldly experiences so mm-hmm. uh, i'm excited for her that way but that means we're three kids down and we're left with two chihuahuas <laughs> and, and one of those is driving us crazy <laughs> so yeah we're kid free that's yeah new and different and we're just really glad we like each other right I, I like you cody there's less messes around the house and <laughs> Get to bed a little earlier. Yeah. Uh, sleep in maybe even a tad longer, that sort of thing. Um, yeah. And, and so, we've been really busy, like, preparing for the upcoming season. Yes. That's where I've been pouring all of my energy. I have been making a slow return to some sort of level of fitness. Mm-hmm. So as a side note, all the traveling, COVID, resting from COVID, blah, blah, blah. Both of our fitness levels are CTL numbers for oh, the gosh, yeah. the nerd nerds out there that like the data. Hey, nerds dropped to the lowest I think I think I've ever seen. Did I tell me. you what mine was? No. I think it was 27. I had a CTL of 27 or 28. And I think I when you open an account, seen it that low. you start at like 24 or something. <laughs> I, think, I think they give you like... I had not ridden my bike in like six weeks. And I had been hiking in Europe and we some weightlifting, active, but, but, yeah. but that doesn't we get recorded. We weren't really recording yeah. that, yeah. So I'm, I've... Yeah, that was hilarious to me. But I've just been having fun fun with it, riding our local trails, finding rides with friends, playing pickleball, lifting weights. That's good. I'm 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 happy just building my fitness back up slowly. Yeah. And same for me. I, I came back from Europe probably five or six pounds heavier. Oh, you did, yeah. The <laughs> croissants and the heavy late dinners <laughs> kinda of caught up with me. Not riding much at all. Um CTL plummeted. To my, I think, lowest I've ever seen it. And I've been on training peaks for like 10 years now mm-hmm. or more. How low did it get? It got to like 38. Oh, I, I didn't realize yours had gotten that low. Yeah, okay. it got to 38. Now, th- I think I've completed about three three or four, three weeks. And I'm back up to like 50. Okay. Uh, which That's is, 50s where I normally, I usually drop down into the low 50s, like in the quote off season. Okay. Before I kind of re- rebound. So I've sort of gotten myself more or less back to the starting point mm-hmm. and you know that's fine and it feels good i've um been lifting weights a fair bit and flexing in the mirror calling yourself not a yet. beefcake not yet but, oh, okay um <laughs> but enjoying my mountain bike too usually this time of year fall like after mountain bike season i'm not that interested in riding my mm-hmm. mountain bike and i'm more interested in just like riding the road because it's like just easier and you don't have to think about what you're doing um but this the last several weeks, like it's been ninety percent or more mountain mm-hmm. bikes for you know one to two hour rides, and it's been fun. I've been really loving mountain biking again, 
with no like workout to do, you know? Yeah. And people, you, if you knew Cody, you would know that's shocking that he's just writing for fun. Right. Cause I love workouts. He like, loves structure. Yeah. So it's been a really nice, that way it counts as like an off season. Yeah. Is the way I look at it. And it's like fun and the enjoyment is like totally there and, um, all good. So fitness is kind of on the rise finally again, and we'll get back to a, a decent starting point by the end of this month. Um, so that's kind of it. Yeah. That's our lives in a nutshell. Maybe yeah, our more lives than in people 20 minutes or something. Wanted so. to know, but <laughs> um, yeah, I'm just I'm enjoying the the off season. And although today's kind of cold and cloudy, so I sort of forgot it got, it got cold <laughs> around here. But right, summer's over. Summer's over and we're moving on. Um, yeah, so we've been digging, putting tons of effort into our 2023 season. Mm-hmm. Uh, on your side, really... We're dialing in our we development program for right. next year. We'll probably share more about that in an upcoming episode, but that's really shaping up um, great, and we're really excited about that. And then I've been digging in heavily and like updating our website, mm-hmm. our, our training plans and programs being offered. I've been updating the training plans for many months um, now, and really excited about having all of that come to completion and and Mm -hmm. sort of being quote live and available for people so if you're still with us here 25 minutes into the podcast um and interested in hearing what we have coming up for 2023 that's where we'll spend the next 10 minutes or so maybe running through the different options yeah Um, so buckle up right so maybe grab another cup of coffee if if needed and a pen Um, and paper (laughs) right all right so one of the ones that's this new idea and i'm really excited about okay is what I'm calling the eight-week body comp booster plan. So this whole idea came about with, um, so for those of you listening, I coach a lot of adult athletes for Leadville and Leadville-like events, like those kind of midsummer big endurance mm-hmm. events. Generally speaking, an athlete comes to me this time of year and they're like, okay, I'm really excited. I want to do Leadville again, you know, August 12th or 13th or whatever it is. Second week of August. Mm-hmm. When can I start training? And I really ha- have tell them like really for a, if Leadville is your main race or if your main race is in, in the middle of summer, let's say, um, you re- like it's really ideal to do about a 30 week buildup. Any more than 30 weeks of training with that, that a race as your um, as your goal t- tends to be too long of a duration, and what I mean by that is like your fitness maybe gets too high too soon, or there's opportunities for it being too long, and you just kind of get burned out or mm-hmm. or whatever. So thirty weeks, but you know now we're significantly more than thirty weeks away. You know we're forty plus weeks away from uh, from the maybe your big event. So it's like, well, what can I do now? to help me train. And, you know, that's what really spurred this idea. And I got to thinking, well, most of our, you know, 30-year-old, 40-year-old, 50-year-old, 60-year-old racers that are targeting these endurance gravel and Leadville type races, I would say most, the biggest gain that any of them could make is losing a few pounds of body fat. A few to maybe many pounds, depending on the person, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, most people in their... Definitely by the time we're in our 40s, I'm mm-hmm. experiencing that now. I mean, metabolism's <laughs> yeah. slowing down, right? It's I can't eat the way I used to eat. The pounds are going on much easier than they come off. Mm-hmm. I saw that this year trying to lean down for Leadville and then how quickly I gained some weight when we were on our Europe race trip. Um, so it's interesting. So most people, I'd say in their 40s and 50s and beyond, you know, have an extra five to 10, maybe even 20 or more pounds that mm-hmm. they could lose. If you could lose five pounds of body fat, the difference in the time that your time would come down in an event like Leadville is significant. Right. Like it's many minutes with the same level of fitness right. that you had the previous year if you were just five pounds lighter. Well, like because it ties into that whole um, power to weight ratio. Yeah, power to weight ratio. And then there's other little subtle things like the metabolic efficiency of it, core temperature regulation. Like there's all these other little things mm. that are affected by when you're carrying more body fat, you know, more weight on your... More on insulation. Your, on your person. And so that is like the biggest thing. So then it became like, okay, so if someone, you know, is training for Leadville or whatever the race is, and they've got, you know, they need 30 weeks to build up for that, 
and but we've got 40 or more weeks to work with. Let's take those extra 8, 10, 12 weeks and try to cha- make some changes to bring down our body composition, improve mm-hmm. our body composition, composition, bring down our body fat. Because the off-season is the, the optimal time to do that. If you have 5 pounds or more to lose, you want to do it now in the off-season when you don't have a race on the horizon where you want to and need to perform. Because it's really hard to train well and lose body fat. Because basically to lose body fat, you have to create a little bit of a caloric deficit in the way you eat and the way you train. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you're, But if you're in the midst of training for a big race, as we've talked about many shows before, like fueling is so essential, you know, during a workout, after a workout, you know, you really don't, you can't afford to have much or any of a deficit because your training is going to suffer, your mm-hmm. performance will suffer. So now is the time to work on improving your diet, you know, focusing on slowing down also, you know, like riding very slowly so you can really hone in on that fat oxidizing, you know, aerobic energy system, like low end aerobic energy system. Um, and that's something that's harder to do when you're gearing up for a big race too. So all of that said, making those changes now in that quote off season, like mm-hmm. in, in fall, if you have a summer race, taking the fall to, um, optimize your body composition is the time. to. Yeah. Do. So you were chewing on all these thoughts and ideas, yeah. um, and realize like the, one of the biggest hurdles for people is that they just don't know what to do to change your body composition. Right. So you decided, wait, we have a great resource. Yes. We have a good friend and mm-hmm. amazing athlete in her own right, Christine Zimmerman. She's a registered dietitian. She's actually a specialist in metabolic efficiency, among other things, also like diabetes and um, things like that. And so she's really well-versed, educated in the whole like glucose management, mm-hmm. um, kind of turning on our like quote-unquote fat burning ability um, and all those sorts of things that improve one's health. But when your health improves and your metabolic efficiency improves, also does your performance if you happen to be into mm-hmm. performance, right? So um, so we partnered with her to put together this plan. It's an eight-week plan that from a training standpoint – focuses like I said on like the lower intensity aerobic zones and not tons of training because it is off season it's not time to go like ride big miles it's actually (laughs) a pretty Mm -hmm. low volume plan but there's um three to four rides per week all kind of like zone two a little bit of zone three structure for midweek so the trainer rides are um interesting and zone three in our terminology is aerobic threshold so it's like kind of the upper end of your aerobic system and then the weekends are slightly longer but still not long rides by any means um zone two you know really low heart rate kind of riding or cross training because again it's off season so you can stay in zone two by doing like a brisk hike or even playing like ball sports without you know if you can minimize stopping time Mm -hmm. and stuff like that you know you can stay in that kind of low aerobic fat burning um area so it's a really nice you know off-season plan then there's also three days a week of strength training right that's that's the the good stuff right there right the strength training really helps promote lean tissue development and the more lean tissue basically muscle that you have um muscle burns more calories and for lack of a better term kind of squeezes out the fat in a way like if you have so much room Mm -hmm. in your body um if you can develop lean tissue then odds are you're going to be minimizing fat tissue Mm-hmm. Uh, at the same time and doing that three times a week because again we're not looking to perform and race or or anything so we can spend more time lifting weights um and a little less time riding and riding slowly mm-hmm. so that's kind of the crux of the plan and then incorporating uh consults with christine our dietitian uh to really hone in one's diet so she would get to know you uh the athlete and what your diet kind of consists of currently, how we can make some changes um, to improve your metabolic efficiency. And you have the option to look into using a a continuous glucose monitor, which if you're not familiar with those, it's like a little thing that gets stuck on the back of your arm. Mm -hmm. And 
measures the your blood glucose levels in real time, and you have an app on your phone to look at that, and it really helps you see what happens when you you know eat that um, mango that's like super high in sugar, right? Mm-hmm. It's fruit, yay, but it's actually a pretty high in sugar fruit, and it'll spike your blood glucose versus when you eat the handful of I'm just, uh, almonds or whatever, mm-hmm. um, which doesn't have as many carbohydrates and such. So it really lets you see how your body responds to those things. And then you can make a plan with Christine to figure out how to fuel your day, how to fuel your workouts, keep uh, blood glucose management in line where you need to be so you're burning more fat, leaning up, all that sort of thing. Um, so it's pretty well, cool. Yeah, we, you and I like to have a holistic approach to all of our coaching clients, and that's how we approach the We Development team. It's, you know, these, just everyone, everyone's life is complicated, and we always like to look at the big picture. And we know that food issues are huge with people. We all have like stuff, you know, crap from our childhoods. And that one of the things I love so much about Christine is that. She approaches each of her clients with, like, grace and love and care and concern. There's, like, no shame. It's just, like, total understanding. Like, just share your story. I'm here to, like, walk alongside of you and help you work through, like, whatever hurdles in your way to achieving the the health you want. Right. Yeah, that's a good way to put it. Mm -hmm. So I think it's a really good use of one's fall months to put their energy into this. So you actually become more aerobically fit at the yeah. end of this, a little bit stronger probably at the end of this, and hopefully a little bit leaner too. And then you've created these good dietary habits that carry forward throughout the whole rest of your training mm-hmm. progression up to your big event. Um, so I think that's the single, I mean, honestly, that eight-week training plan would possibly unlock like the most time gains in a given event mm-hmm. for most people. I mean, unless you're already single-digit body fat as a male or under 20% body fat as a female, which not that many people are, especially in their 40s and 50s, um, you've got room to, to improve improve and get down right. there, So, and you'll get faster. So how does somebody get, get going on this? Well, I'll put a link in the show notes, but just basically go to our website. It's kind of like the top banner on our website. Mm-hmm. Click on that. You can pay... It's 419 bucks for the eight-week program. There's four consults. Um, the first one's an hour to kind of get set up, and then three more every other week um, that are about 30 minutes long with Christine where, you know, you the athlete and Christine kind of hash it out. And, and Well, that's quite a bargain because I, I know what her hourly rate is, and she's yeah. given us quite a deal to um, help our clients. Right, right. Yeah, and, and, and we've worked together to come up with a, as low a price as possible, so... It's sort of a loss leader for us mm-hmm. on our end, but you know it fills that void of like, what do I do now in November and December that's going to get me ready to go with right. Cody and Kathy on my training program in January? Um, so that's kind of why we, we created this. So, awesome. Yeah. So that one's really exciting. Um, the other thing I've been spending the last many months uh, improving, perfecting, dialing in is our new 4.0 downloadable training plans. Okay. So these are ones you get on our website, you learn about them, you can download them from Training Peaks. Um, and within them, the I have like a basically a base progression, a race prep, multiple different race prep training progressions that are event distance or duration specific. So someone training for a 90 minute cross country mountain bike race, or even like a criterium race, something that's like high power, uh, relatively short duration is going to train a little bit differently than someone doing a multi-hour marathon race or gravel race or whatever. And so there's three different durations for the race prep plans. All of the plans are, uh, have adjustable volume and training loads. And it's explained how to do that in there. Um, by the user. So so no longer is it like, here's a high volume plan, here's a mid volume plan, here's a low volume plan. Like it's just one plan and then oh, you, okay. the user, can adjust the plan, uh, the, the volume to, to okay. what fits your schedule. Um, and then there's also, we're, we've become very big in using HRV mm-hmm. uh, through Whoop or other devices um, over the last couple seasons. We've been really experimenting a lot with it with ourselves, mm-hmm. but also our weed development team um, has been kind of the guinea pigs of using the Whoop device, and we've been modifying their daily training based off of their 
uh, readiness score, you know, the readiness to take on the training of that mm-hmm. day and adjusting the training up or down or maybe keeping it the same based on, you know, what that data, HRV data is giving them. So that's built into those plans too. So users of that, if you have a Whoop, it's really straightforward and simple. If you have other devices like Aura Rings, Apple Watches, Garmin has a feature. Um, there's some really cool apps you can download on your phone that take your HRV based off the camera and the flashlight mm-hmm. that work really well. Um, so there's a lot of different ways to collect that data, but using that data um, to guide your training and adjust your training is kind of the cool thing I'm, I'm really excited about. I've seen a lot of people that collect the data and they're like, ooh, that's interesting, but they don't do anything different with their training. And it's sort of like, well, <laughs> what's the point then? Why are you collecting this data? Like, oh, I see... I have a high HRV today. Okay, I, I'm going to go on with whatever's on my training plan. Or I have a low weight. You know, they don't change. Right. They don't modify what they're doing. So it's like, why collect the data? Because they like to wear the whoop. It looks cool. <laughs> but with this plan, you actually collect the data. It reminds you to it. look at the data. Right. And then you yeah. make you take actions on right, the that's, data. Yeah. Yeah. So you, So if you're like, you know really in the green using whoop language like your hrv is really high and meaning Mm -hmm. your body's ready to take on load there's suggestions in that day's workout of what you can do to add a little bit more training load to it and then vice versa if you're in the red how to back it off and not do too much because your body is kind of under strain at that point yeah well i i have a little story from this week about that i woke up on thursday yesterday Mm -hmm. and i was in the red i hadn't slept that well blah 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 well, unfortunately, I had two rides planned on Thursday with two different friends. Mm-hmm. So I just went ahead and did it because this time of year, it doesn't really matter. But I didn't sleep well again that night. I think is now I was too tired. Right. And then I woke up the next day just feeling like absolute dog poo. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, it actually does matter. Like I definitely you know, read in whoop language means like you're really not ready to absorb the training. Right. So my body was like, what the bleep have you just done to it? You know, like you, we told you we weren't ready to do this. Right. um, It is, it was sort of a confirmation that the the data it's collecting for my body is um, it's advisable to to listen to it. Yes. Um, I agree. So that's all incorporated into those uh, downloadable plans Mm-hmm. updated some of the training progressions a little bit. Um, we've updated our strength training program that relates to each one of the training blocks in mm-hmm. those plans. And those are available um, at a discount through those plans as well. And also included is all training plan uh, users will gain access if they want to our Slack support group. So Slack is the app communication app mm-hmm. and they can chat with others in the group. They can ask us, the coaches, uh, questions, um, things like that. So you get a little bit of like coaching support through, through that Slack app and cost wise, the downloadable plans basically work out to $10 a week, uh, for the plan. So there's a big selection of different plans based on how many weeks they are. They all work out to basically 10 bucks a week. Um, for those plans, just to give you an idea of where that's at. So, for example, a thir- the 30-week progression mm-hmm. um, for an event like Leadville, let's say, would be 300 bucks. Okay, um, that seems pretty affordable. Yeah, to put that. So that's kind of our lowest cost, highly effective way to get into it. Um, What's the next step up? Yeah, so the next step up then is our custom plans, and okay. we've had this for several years. This is a really popular option. Um, here we take our proven training plans and progressions, and but we customize it and build it around your event schedule and your life schedule, and then we go beyond that even, and we we take a look at your training history, and we optimize the weekly training loads to your ability level, uh, meaning the like each session's TSS and weekly TSS scores add up to what they should be to have you building your fitness, you know, using the performance management chart in. Uh, training peaks. So it's a really pretty in-depth way to look at it and create a program for somebody. Yeah, but still pretty affordable. But still pretty affordable. Yeah, it's 20 bucks a week approximately compared to a kind of a standard plan of $10 a week. Right. Yeah. So think of it as 20 bucks a week. So you can come to me and say, you know, I need a 15 week plan and, you know, do the math, 300 bucks or, you know, for easy comparison, the 30 week, um, progression, like I said, to like a Leadville type mm-hmm. event, um, 
would be 600 bucks. Okay. In that regard. And then we have a custom plan plus option, and we've had had this in the past too. This is a really popular option. We take everything I just talked about with the custom plans, but then we add in the plus is twice monthly um, email checkpoints from me that the writers receive and gain some review insights, how are things going, what did you accomplish, what did you not accomplish, and then we make modifications to mm, that custom plan okay. as well. So like as if needed. someone got sick or they went exactly. on a business trip they weren't expecting and they got behind, if they've purchased the custom um, plan plus, you would then modify it based on their feedback? Right. Okay, exactly. that's pretty cool. So the custom plan, I create it for you in one deal, hand it to you, and away you go. The custom plan plus, create it, hand it to you, but then we check every two weeks how are things going okay. and modify it if as needed. Um, and those also, by the way, utilize the HRV modifications like on a daily basis too, which I think is really useful. And then lastly, um, probably the other thing after the body count booster plan that I'm really excited about is our new, what we're calling base to race coaching package. And this package is replacing our, what we called in previous years, our base builder program. So we have podcasts, if you could look back in our archives, talking about Base Builder. Um, last year, we offered Base Builder and then like a race prep add-on to it. Um, and, and these were, have always historically been more of a group training program, like a virtual online group. Well, back when we had the gym, it was actually in person. Mm-hmm. And then we became virtual. Um, and so, But what we've discovered with the Base Builder program and the Base Plus Race virtual program last year is that the, well, first of all, creating a, a training plan that fits most people, training for like a similar event, is a good idea, but it's probably not like optimal. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's why we offered ways to like customize it last year. And we also recognized that the group component, like the Zoom call discussions and things, were not wildly popular. Um, and so what we are doing this year is taking this concept of, you know, 30 weeks, give or take, building up to your big event. Mm-hmm. And instead of group communication, we're going to have individual communication. So it really becomes more like individual coaching mm-hmm. um, by instead of um, biweekly Zoom calls, we're going to have training block based private phone consultations with each individual rider. So the plan's created specifically for them mm-hmm. and their race schedule. And then they get phone calls And with then us. they get phone calls periodically. There's five calls across the 30-ish week okay. duration. And um, and then that just brings up the coaching level. A bit I love more. it. Yeah. I mean, that's it's basically like you're getting a personal coach um, for a pretty affordable price. Right. Exactly. Right, because personal coaching on our website, if you go look, is not not in everyone. And we don't have budget. tons of availability yeah. for that because our redevelopment program kind of takes up most of our time. Right, but this is a great entry point to getting personalized attention and help along the way, but at an affordable affordable price. Right. So a thirty week program, plus or minus, there kind of depends on when someone gets started and when their event is. Um, but as a comparison, thirty weeks would equate to eighteen hundred bucks for the whole thirty weeks. That's a completely individualized custom program. You know, everything's built for you, around you, the five coaching consults along the way to make sure you're on track, adjustments, all that sort of thing um, in that. So really putting that program together with Leadville racers in mind, with, you know, the big gravel racers Mm -hmm. in mind, like Steamboat Gravel and the the like. Um, Or like a Breck uh, Epic or Breck Epic, mm-hmm. you know, a lot of those bigger events that a lot of um, that are so popular right now these days with mm-hmm. kind of the masters level riders and racers. Um, awesome. Yeah. Okay, but that actually won't start until January. Well, it depends on when somebody's race is. Oh, if that's someone true. has a <laughs> April peak, they probably need to think about getting started. Oh, and actually, soon. you're right. So as soon as I said it out loud, I realized it was sort of silly, but. And that's even a more of a benefit than this group right. plan because we always started the group plan in January, but right. maybe someone has a big race in June, they can start it earlier. Exactly. Okay. And that's one of the little Hello, like, light bulb. Yeah, that was one of the things that was sort of tricky about our base builder program was awesome. But like you said, it was always like, well, we start the first Monday in January right. and build up to, you know, an August peak and then someone would come inevitably and say, Well, 
my big race is in May or my big race is in September or October. So starting in January, you know, it's trying to create one size fits all Mm -hmm. doesn't work great. It works well in a lot of ways, but not perfect for everyone. Okay. I love it. So this is a way to make it perfect for everyone. It's perfect now, guys. So jump on board. (laughs) Okay. So that'll be in the show notes and also like very easy to find it on our website. Yes. Okay. Okay. I think we did it. Yeah, so that um, kind of gives you a little preview into 2023. We've wrapped up 2022. Um, and now we're just ready to enjoy a little downtime, maybe. I think we did it. <laughs> okay, so we we hope we didn't lose anybody along the way. I'm sure um, we did. We, we probably did. But there you go. If you want more information about your training options, look on our website. Shoot us an email. We're, we're not that hard to find. We'd love to answer your questions. Weightendurance.com emails cody at teamweight.com or kathy with a k at teamweight.com yeah and we would we'd be happy to help you process you know what you want to do i got a fun email from kia she's been training with us for a long time and yeah like she's just excited about like finding her her big goal race for 2023 and uh, and i like jumped right on that Ooh, what are you thinking what are you thinking and Mm -hmm. she's you know, maybe the Pixar, but I can never say that right. Pisgah. Pisgah. Pisgah stage race, or she was even looking at a race in New Zealand. And, Ooh, wow. Yeah, yeah Breck Epic. There's a bunch she was throwing out there, which, you know, nothing was really similar. So it'll be fun <laughs> to see what she settles on. Yeah. So people out there, start brainstorming, come up with some goals, and then look at the calendar and see when you need to start with us and, and reach out. Yeah, you nailed it. Okay. Well, thanks for listening. Thanks for listening. Thanks for the great season, season three. Um, yeah, and enjoy your off season coming up. Mm-hmm. And um, we'll be back sooner than later. We have, like you said, some fun, exciting um, changes with our redevelopment team and sponsors there. And we might be doing a really cool coffee fundraiser. Oh yeah, yeah. I'm so about that. like my friend Jim Chapman, I grew up with. We went to kindergarten through twelfth grade together in back in a private school in Indiana. And he is one of the coolest guys I know. He he runs a coffee shop with his wife up in Missoula. And we just love seeing him and his family when we go up there for the Missoula race. And we reached out and we're going to probably collaborate on some cool coffee fundraiser. Yeah. So stay so, tuned. Exactly. All right. Well, we'll say goodbye then. Let's, do you have anything else to say, Cody? Nope. I'm worded out. You're worded out. That's, that's all his words for today. <laughs> okay. Well, we'll talk to you guys soon and thanks so much for listening and please leave us a rating and review if you have a moment. Yep. Thanks for listening.